in prepping for this week, uh, I knew Father's Day was coming up, and it just got me thinking about Father's Day and kind of what a strange day it is. Of, I mean, we all get Mother's Day, right? We all love our moms, and we make a big to-do, and Father's Day is just, it's just in my mind weird, but uh, it's a day when little girls and little boys get to revel and glory in the majesty of their fathers, <laughs> right? Where, where they pay homage to the one who connects toy trains together, one who builds towers to a staggering height of four feet, and uh, who replaces batteries or fills swimming pools and does all these, uh, to the one who spins them around and around and around and around and around and around until the world is spinning long after they've stopped spinning in circles. It's a, a day when uh, slightly older girls and boys uh, you know, get to give a, a well-thought-out gift, a uh, present such as the proverbial tie, or I, got, I have to brag because this is great. My, uh, my daughter got me this one today, and I, I'm loving it. So I'm going to wear that one proud. This is the first article of clothing she ever got me. Good taste, if I do say so myself. I think mom helped. Uh, it's a day when the assumed emotions are actually said. You know, I love you, Dad, is said. Or maybe it's a bittersweet day, um, a day when... Memories flood you of the dad you miss or a dad you missed out on. Uh, another, another thing strikes me as well. It's just it's one of those things for, for good or for bad. Um, it's how fathers affect us all deeply. The experiences we've had with our fathers... Uh, it's lodged in our brains, a view of the world and a view of uh, kind of one half of humanity. Uh, it sets the tone of our lives in a way no, no, nothing else can. Uh, it also influences how we relate to God. So it's no coincidence, like I say, that I chose I am a child of God to answer the question, who am I? Because... Um, God is our Father if we've come into relationship with him. Over and over again, uh, we see passages in the Bible where God relates to us by describing a fatherly relationship. So if our concept of a father is a good one, that's probably pretty easy to grasp onto, to go, yeah, okay, I had an okay dad. Uh, So when we hear God describing himself as gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. We can go, okay, and I'll get that. I can, I can really resonate with this. So God is not just kind of an okay dad. He's like the ultimate dad. He is a great father. He's a good, good father. If the idea of father is a negative feeling to us, if it's, if it's been soured in our lives, um, hearing that, it can maybe make you angry or indifferent, or skeptical. And if that is uh, your view of Father today, I, I did pray for you this week that, that God would show you 
what true compassion is. I pray that your heart and mind would be open to hearing to what he has to say, for your understanding to be opened up, that um, we would understand what it means to be his child, that we would experience his love and, and his heart for those who are fatherless. And at some level, our, our earthly fathers have um, failed us, whether it was, uh, you know, whatever the circumstance may be, um, in some way, shape, or form, Dad has let us down, right? Um, yeah, I'm just going to stop, stop right there because it, it hurts. So if God wants us to relate to him as a father, well, how is it that I become his child? John uh, 1, 12 and 13 kind of gives us an insight on how this is. John says, But to all who did receive him, that's Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So as we learn about being a child of God, uh, we want to talk about how we got there, and that's how it is. Uh, It's through faith in in Jesus Christ alone that we are brought into that relationship. John 14, 6, Jesus says these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you've taken that step in your life where Uh, you have confessed that you're an imperfect sinner and you are in need of saving and Christ is the only one that can do that, then uh, you've been brought out of death into life. You've been brought into this relationship. You are now in the family of God. You are a child of his. If you have not reached that point or if you've not come to that point yet, uh, my prayer is that you would hear Uh, the word of God today, and that you would see an example of his love through this body. So what does it mean to be a child of God? So we we come to him through faith in Christ Jesus, and because of that, we get to experience the love of God perfectly as his children. So what does it mean? It means we get to experience God's love perfectly as his children. And uh, in my reading, I love uh, how J.B. Phillips translates 1 John 3, 1. It's just, it, it grabbed me in a way that nothing did. Uh, it said, Consider the incredible love that the Father has shown us in allowing us to be called children of God. And that is not just what we are called, but it is who we are. So that right there, that's an identity statement. That's just not, oh, you know, I am Dan Abbotts, I'm the son of Ron Abbotts. That doesn't mean probably two cents to you guys. (laughs) My dad's name is Ron, and that's about it. But what this is saying is like, no, we are not just being called children of God. You are a child of God's if you have received Christ. So our earthly experience with uh, our fathers has been varied, and it crosses a range of uh, range of areas. But we've um, 
And we've already touched on that. And as God reveals himself as Father, our reactions can be just as varied. The good news, though, is that God is not an earthly father. He really can and really does love us perfectly. His expressions in which he shows that are, are many and numerous, and I have selected three of those to, to just look at today. First, we experience God's love as a father by his provision. A good father provides. Uh, we sang earlier, you're a good, good father. <clears throat> Excuse me. So a good father provides food, shelter, clothing. But is, is that all that God's love is towards us, just these material, practical needs? I think it can be. Those are definitely the easiest ways to see it. When uh, Jesus was teaching uh, in Matthew 6, he was teaching um, on a mountainside, and he's talking about uh, worry and anxiety, and he says this, uh, knowing that God provides even for birds, and you're more valuable than birds. He says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Our Father knows that we have those physical needs, and he does provide them for us. So the other side of the coin uh, is that intangible provision that he gives us. It's a it's security. It's hope. It's peace. It's, it's purpose in our lives. It's a sense of belonging in our family. Our Father has given us that uh, provision through this, this group that we call the church. It's his body, right? This is where we see a lot of that, that met. We encourage each other. We, uh, we wrap our arms around each other. We grieve with each other. We rejoice with each other. We live life together. This is where, his, uh, where God's love and provision is shown. And while we're about the business of the church, and that is making disciples, that's what we've been called to do, uh, our Father is very much like that, uh, that dad who, you know, at least my dad did it, sends you out into the yard, hey, go mow the yard, Make sure you get the bushes, do all this stuff. And he knows that you're going to be exhausted when you come back in, so maybe there's a nice tall glass of, of water or a meal because it's close to lunch or whatever. There's something provided for you. The point I'm making is this, is God's love is a proactive love. He knows what you need. He provides it for you. <clears throat> uh, it may not be always in the, in the way that we think we need some provision, but he always does uh, provide what we need. Uh, and thinking on, on that, too, I mean, I was just talking about uh, going out and you know, mowing the yard, but I think also of the provision of, like, uh, my daughter, right? I, I know she really doesn't, I, I, at this point, don't think she worries about, you know, where her clothes are coming from, where the food is coming from. All she sees it as is an inconvenient interruption while she's playing. 
And does she let us know that it's an inconvenient in, uh, interruption, right? So, um, I, but I provide for my daughter. Cindy provides for our daughter as well. So there's this, uh, I don't know, there's an intentionality. Whether or not she knows she needs to eat, it's time to eat. Whether or not she knows that she needs clothes on, it's time to put clothes on. It's that kind of thing, right? Um, so as we look at God, he knows what we need and when we need it. And in this case, he really does know what is in our best interest as he provides. So first, we experience our Father's love by his provision. And second, we experience his love by his protection. We experience his love by his protection. A good father protects his children, and this is no different with the best father. Again and again, we see in God's word uh, this idea of protection for his children. Psalm thirty-four, nineteen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Romans 8.28, and we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. So again and again, we see this idea of how God protects. Do you remember as a kid, either hearing or saying the phrase, I'm going to tell my dad, or the, my dad is bigger than your dad, which I've never got, because, I mean, as in the history of the world, as I'm sure someone has, but has anybody ever said, my dad can beat up your dad, and these two dads go together, and they're like, yeah, I could probably take you, and then just start going at it? I, I just don't ever see that happening, but... The point is this, a child has so much faith, so much confidence in their father, that they, have, they feel that they can say this and they are right, right? Here is the great part. As a child of God, I get to say to my life situations, 
my dad is bigger than you are, and he can take you. I can say, I'm going to tell my dad. You get to say that to your life circumstance as well, if you are a child of God. And I'm not trying to minimize any pain. I'm not trying to minimize any hurt, because life situations can hurt. They can be painful. When I say, my God is bigger, what I mean is he is bigger than the situation. He will protect me. He can walk through anything I'm going through with me, whether or not he takes me out of that situation. He can protect me from that. He will hold me close to himself and hide me in his love. This is what he does for his children. This is the type of protection that he provides. So first, we experience God's love through his provision. We experience it by his protection. And we also experience his love in his discipline. And this one, for me, is a little bit uh, more challenging to swallow, but, uh, but I know it is true. And I know it's true because of, of this statement. What... Uh, I'll ask this, and I want you to answer in your own mind, because I think everybody has an answer. What is the best thing about an undisciplined child? Is it the, uh, is it the whining? Is that the best part? Is it the, uh, is it the selfishness that they express? Is it the way he or she demands the attention of an adult already engaged in conversation? Is it the way that he or she grows up to become an undisciplined adult? Maybe it's the entitlement. I think it's the entitlement. That's the best part. It's, it's, kinda, it's, it's humorous to think about a little bit, but we know that nobody likes an undisciplined child. They, they, just, they just grate you. So a good parent disciplines their children. So I, uh, I put it to you that we know it's not good for a child to not receive discipline. And it is the same with how God relates to us. Good parents discipline their children the perfect father disciplines his. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. So in, in talking about this discipline, a few images come into my mind. Um, the first one I think of is uh, that of gardening. I don't know if anybody here really enjoys that, but with with gardening, you can you can train a plant to do what you want it to do. You can prune it here, give a little clip there. You can bind it in one place. You, you cause, there's a cause and effect to it, right? You can train it and, oh, I don't want the plant going this way, so we'll, you know, bind it up over here so that it grows this way, or we'll take the buds off this side so that this bud over here that I like better grows more, right? There's these different things. You can encourage growth or you can stop it. Uh, and even 
just reading online, you know, think about a bonsai plant. That's crazy. Some of those things are like two, three hundred years old, and they're, you know, we're talking like redwoods, and they're about this big, you know, three, four inches high. I'd hate to be the guy to screw that one up. <laughs> Dang it. You know, and it's, it's gone. No. I'm sorry. That's, that's the mind of Dan Abbott's right there. That's, that's how my mind works. So the other image that I think of is that uh, I don't know if anybody here watches uh, kung fu movies at all, but it's the, it's the long bearded master, and he's got his little, uh, he's got his student there that's training how to do things, and you know, he's in a stance, and the master he, like, hits him on the, on the arm because his arm is too high or knocks his leg out a little bit because it's a little too far in. You know, it's, it's these kind of things. It's painful. It hurts. But it trains him to, to have the stance that he needs to have. So um, in both these, these images that come into my mind, there is a, a person who is, uh, who's learned, who is wiser than the other, who is training and um, guiding the, the object uh, in question. Biblically speaking, uh, the, the author of Hebrews uh, describes it this way. Uh, after he quotes his, you know, this, uh, this proverb to his audience, he says this, uh, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which we all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, <clears throat> excuse me, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Sometimes the discipline God uh, gives us is letting us endure the, the consequences of our poor choices, of our wrong choices. Other times, it's a, a pruning or a clipping of one area of our life that encourages growth in another area of our life. Might uh, feel that proverbial, the, the rack of the, on the knuckles for something what, that we ought not to have done or ought not to do. And usually that's done with, with close friends talking to us, um, especially within the church. This is where we see a need for accountability and um, that relationship with each other to, to grow and strengthen us as we become like Christ. But no matter how the discipline comes in our life, uh, it's a sign of God's fatherly love for us. If he did not love us, he would not discipline us, Right? So he is conforming us to the likeness of Christ. And sometimes in our lives that is painful. And I guess in in thinking about it, Father's Day isn't that strange. Uh, If we are in the family of God, we have the blessing of getting to experience his love 
in many different ways. And we get to experience a perfect Father's perfect love towards us. And we get to be the boys and the girls who get to revel and glory in the majesty, and rightly so, of our Father. Father, I thank you for who you are in our lives, that uh, you do not passively sit by and just let the world happen to us, but that you have intervened. Uh, You have sent Jesus Christ, your Son, to this earth to live perfectly, to fulfill the law's requirements, to die on our behalf as a punishment of sin, that we may be right before you. Father, not just that, but you... uh, You rose him from the grave, that he has conquered death, that uh, we, in confessing his name, can be joined to that and the mystery of resurrection, Father. I pray that uh, for those of us who have received him, that you would help us not become callous to that truth, that that is an amazing thing. Father, for those here who have not experienced your love, I pray that you would you would touch them today, that their hearts would be softened. Father, draw them to yourself closely. Let your spirit be in this place. We pray all these things in the name of your Son. Amen.